Good morning. Uh, welcome to the Hills Church at Home. And welcome to you if you're just catching up on this message sometime throughout the week. We're glad that you've tuned in and you've been a part. Um, so take a minute, if you haven't, get your cup of coffee. Uh, make sure everybody's up, awake, gathered around. You can download the message uh, notes that are on our website, as long as uh, also with the kids' activity sheet that's on there as well, too. And uh, you can turn in your Bibles to uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 10. We're going to look at two of the seeds today. This is week 12 of recording, which it's hard to believe, even after I say it, that this has been 12 weeks so we are anticipating an opening, but we're glad that we have this opportunity to be together, to look in, to study, and to listen to God's word. And so we're so glad that you're a part of this. Let, let me uh, mention a thought before I move on. Jesus on the cross. When Jesus was on the cross, there were several things that were happening around him. Um, one is he had people that were still rebuking him from the ground. They were bringing up things that he said during his ministry and they were mocking him. There were also people missing probably at the base of the cross. Some of the disciples that had ran and hidden, uh, some that probably had come by, we don't see a lot recorded. At the base of the cross, Jesus was dealing with a family situation he was making sure that his mom uh, was being taken care of by John the Apostle. There were the two thieves on the cross, one that was rebuking Jesus and one that would later accept him. So all of these situations that went on that Jesus had every opportunity to try to end it, but he said those words, it is finished. Or the thought, his heart could handle all of these situations that were taking place. I wanted to mention, you know, this week, we can be angry and outraged by all of the things that we've witnessed, but in our hearts, we need to show our appreciation to the men and women of law enforcement who need our support, our encouragement, and who are a part of the solution. Our hearts have the ability to do both. Our example that we find, we find our examples rooted in God's word and we look to Jesus to be our example of how to respond and how to do it in love and how to do it in truth. So I wanted to pass that along before we move on today. In fact, uh, the message title is Seeds 2 because we're going to continue to look at the parable. We're in a series for this summer uh, called Summer Stories, and we're looking at the parable, the story of Jesus, which is probably the story of stories. And one of the first recorded words of Jesus as he began ministry, we find in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, where he says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Listen to what he says. Repent and believe in the gospel. 
We need to believe in this gospel. We need to take it in and saturate ourselves and believe in the truth. It's what we go back to as our firm foundation. And so as we go into these stories or parables, let's remember Jesus would take a story because most or a lot of his uh, group were really skeptical of his teachings. They were listening to him, but he would take a story and then he would connect that story to a heavenly principle by which they would remember. And remember this, that the nation of Israel back in the Old Testament wandered around in the desert for 40 years in a big circle. Why? Because they didn't listen. Jesus will start this parable out and he uses those words. In fact, the New King James has the word listen with an exclamation point. So if, if you're sitting next to somebody, look at them and tell them to listen, right? Listen. Jesus wants us to listen, to have attention so that we're not wandering around, meaningless, in a circle year after year, but we're listening to his principles. So in Mark chapter four, let me start with this, verse 13 and 14. This gives us the picture of Jesus as we go on. Jesus says, he says to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. You know, it's really broken down to about a third of the teachings of Jesus were by parables. That connection of a story with a heavenly principle that people would be like, I got it. I understand it. But here's what Jesus wants us to know in this parable before we read it. Our hearts have to be prepared. Your heart is the life of the soil. Your heart has to be prepared. And the condition of our hearts, the condition of this soil will allow the seed to begin to grow. It's interesting, when Jesus would give this example, the, in the Bible days, the soil was the soil. What, it's what it was. They didn't have the different technologies that we have today, but they would continue to plant the seed. He was using that example. Think of it in our days. We have soil research. We have state-of-the-art combines. We have massive irrigation. We have almost everything that we need to create the perfect soil for the perfect seed, the perfect science to grow uh, that seed at any time in the year with hot how I mean, it's all set up. I thought about that this week. We have, as believers in Jesus, we have every opportunity to grow. We've got podcasts. We have pastors that are teaching. We've got Christian TV, Christian streaming. We've got books. We've got different Bibles, different translations. Um, we've got Bibles. Mainly, uh, everybody has some type of Bible in their home. In our time that we're living in, you almost have to avoid any of the teachings around us 
So we are without excuse. We have that great opportunity, but it comes back to the soil of our heart and the preparation. Are we preparing ourselves? You know, I remember um, as a freshman in college, I was playing college football, and I remember sitting in this auditorium at Azusa Pacific University, and one of the first conversations the head coach had with all of the players was he started off talking about our grades and school eligibility, and he went this way. In fact, he physically walked up the row of this auditorium. He pointed at the front row. He said, A's, second row, B's, third row, C's, fourth row, D's. And then he said, those of you in the back, F's. Where you sit in the classroom determines your ability to learn. And determining your ability to learn will make sure that you stay eligible. You know, his his whole goal was keeping everybody eligible. But it's true. It's where you sat in the classroom. You sat in that front row, you had to pay attention. You sat in that back row, you talked to everybody around you, or you tuned out, or you fell asleep. It's how you position yourself, because there will always be distractions. But it's the condition of our hearts the receptivity of the gospel that we turn into. Okay, so Mark chapter four, hopefully you found it by now. I just want to read verse 10 through 20. Mark chapter four, verse 10 through 20. You can read earlier that he gives them the parable, but he says this. But when he was alone, those around him with the 12, let me stop there because here's what it says asked him about the parable. So Jesus sets up the parable, and now as they're sitting around him, they ask him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, When tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, 
and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. So as we go on today, let's take just a minute. Let's bow our heads and let's pray and ask the Lord. In fact, sometimes it's just good to settle ourselves down and to really tune in to listen to what he would have to say to us in our hearts today. So Father, we lay aside all of the distractions, the busyness of the morning, the busyness of the day. We push everything aside to take some time to listen to you. We allow our hearts to become that soil that will bear fruit for you. Jesus said that this was one of the most important parables, that if we could catch this, he later said you'd understand the kingdom of God. And so we bless you today. We bless those listening and tuning in in their households. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So one great question is, um, who is the sower? Well, Jesus gives us that one example. Really, it's anyone sowing or speaking out the word of God. You know, uh, the sower could be a pastor today. The sower could be a small group leader, a kids ministry teacher, a missionary, an employee at lunchtime talking with a coworker, a parent that's reading a child a bedtime story, a grandparent that's talking about a Bible story in their car on the way from picking up some, a child from, from school, even somebody online that is speaking out God's word is a sower. They are basically spreading God's word as they go. That's the important thing, spreading God's word as they go. So this is the one parable in Mark chapter four that we cannot afford to miss. And so Jesus is going to teach them about sowing and planting God's word in their heart. But yet, here's what he shows us. Three out of the four hearts won't receive. Three out of the four hearts. Think about that. Uh, 75% are gonna be lost and not be able to gather what the very few, the 25% gather. Let, let me give it another illustration. You hire somebody to work at your house for eight hours, and for six hours, they don't do anything. He'd feel robbed. That's the example Jesus is saying. When you put into this, be that good ground, that good soil, because there will be a harvest. That's what Jesus wants to establish. There will be a harvest, and the Bible is full of hard sayings, hard sayings to us. To follow him, we have to pick up that cross daily. There's challenges for our character and our thoughts and intents, but that's the power of the spoken word because it always results in good fruit. And everything in the kingdom of God that we read in the Bible starts out small. Everything starts out small. Think about this. If you decided and you woke up today and you said, you know what, Monday I'm going to start a diet. I can guarantee you Monday you're not going to lose 10 pounds. It's going to take time. you got to start small. 
If you're deciding to work out, you want to work out to lift a certain weight, you're not going to hit that certain weight on day one. If you're going to save money and you have a goal to save, you're not going to have it all saved up in one time. It starts out as something small. And we get that example out of the book of Job, where Job says, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. I could take time and go through all of the stories in the Bible that the Lord took the little things, and yet those little things started to uh, increase and grow. Don't despise the small beginnings. As we looked at last week, there's a thief that wants to come and steal the word immediately. We've got to be aware of his devices and tricks. And yet the goal of the devil himself is to pull our attention away from God's word so that it doesn't get on the inside of our heart. That seed is so important. And so this parable is about, as Jesus said, the person that hears. Now, in Mark chapter four, I wanna look at the two soils today. Last week, we looked at Satan coming immediately. I wanna look at the one sown on stony ground and the one sown among thorns. So let me read verses 16 through 19 again one more time. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, they immediately stumble. These are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So let's take a a look at the seed sown on stony ground. But let me also read this uh, out of one other translation out of the message Let me read verses 16 and 17 and follow along and you can watch it uh, and read along also on the screen. It says, and some are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word, they respond with great enthusiasm. But there is such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arises, they show, there is nothing to show for it. You know, I do prefer the better translation, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, they stumble. The message says the emotions wear off. The parable was when the sun comes out, there's no root, and so what it does is it dries up that seed. You know, when I, when I was in eighth grade, um, our church that we went to, we had a beach day. And this was before, you know, you put sunscreen on. And I ended up getting the worst sunburn that I have ever had in my entire life. In fact, that sunburn in eighth grade, eighth grade when I was probably 13 years old, 
I still remember the pain of that sunburn. I can remember getting home from the beach because, you know, you don't feel it by the time you got home. We got home late at night. I remember going in the bathroom, getting ready to take a shower. And I remember looking in the mirror and it was the the image of when they take a lobster and they put him in the boiling water and they finally, when they pull him out and he's bright, bright red. I remember, I think I even screamed and it alerted my mom to come and look at me and I was completely burnt head to toe. I still remember sitting in class and the sunburn was like burning and tingling my back. And I had determined that day I would never get sunburned another day in my life. And you can ask any of my family members. I am an embarrassment at the beach. I spray myself down. I get the kids sunscreen. I don't care if it says 150, 250, and they tell you it doesn't work past 50. I'm spraying myself down. I sit under an umbrella. I cover up. I'll go in the water, but I spray, spray, spray down. I will never be sunburnt another day in my life. And I learned it from there. You know, the power of the sun, we read, is that example like Jesus is using. The sun came out and put a little heat on that seed. And when the heat hit the seed, they walk away with nothing. When tribulation, it's, it's like the spiritual cheerleader. They're so excited about something they learned. Yet instead of learning and, and learning and growing and growing, when there's a little persecution, when a family member claps back, when somebody comes at them on social media, they stumble and they back away. In fact, it, it, it's sad is it says immediately they stumble. There's been no root. There's been no depth. You know, and, and we've heard those phrases over the year where people will say, I'm just not being fed. I, I, I need more. Do you know, we are the ones responsible for our spiritual growth. You know, and I, w- I would tell my kids this when they had to memorize uh, certain things for school. I would say, use everything you have. Use your eyes. Speak out what you're memorizing. Let your ears hear it. Allow your eyes, your brain, your mouth, your ears all to work together to memorize because you'll get an image or a picture of it because it'll be something that you memorize deep down inside of you that you'll have forever. And I'll give you this example. Nowadays, because of our our phones and technology, we don't remember phone numbers. We don't remember addresses. We, we don't remember directions. We allow everything to do it for us. But in this regard, we are the only ones that are placing the word on the inside, force feeding ourselves to let it be life to those that find it. Don't be the stony ground cheerleader. Allow yourself to get some root because when the sun's out or the trouble hits, they stumble. Don't be the one stumbling on behalf of the word. Well, Jesus brings up the other one. And in fact, let me read that out of the message translation, Mark chapter four, uh, verse 18 and 19. And it says, the seed cast in the, the seed cast in the weeds represents the ones who hear the kingdom news but are overwhelmed with the worries about all the things they have to do. 
and all the things they want to get. The stress strangles what they've heard and nothing comes out. Now, the Bible says this, that these are the ones sown among thorns. I want you to get this picture. The thorns were already there. The word got sown among thorns. And so when we read that, it it represents the ones that hear the kingdom news, but they're overwhelmed with the worries about the things they have to do and the things they want to get and the stress. That's a, this is a great example. The stress strangles what they've heard and nothing comes out. But there were thorns already in the heart. You know what the thorns are? Distractions. Distractions about other things. In fact, this is one place in the Bible where we read, and this should be shocking to us, that God's word became unfruitful to the ones distracted. You know, in Isaiah 55, I I feel like I read it a lot. We read the word of God does not return to itself void. But in this situation, that heart that already had the thorns first when that seed of God's word was planted was so distracted, so worried, so caught up in the cares of this world that it was choked out and it became unfruitful. Instead, on focusing on the answer, who is Jesus, they were focusing on the problem. They were focusing on the distractions. Or they wanted that quick fix. They couldn't focus. You know, I know this. It's so easy When I sit down to do a time of devotion or study that I get distracted, in fact, even this morning early, the very first thing I did because I knew things would come into my mind is I opened up and I wrote down about four or five things that I needed to do later. But I knew that if I didn't deal with them then, that as I sat down to go through God's word, that these things would come up. It's amazing. You'll get the greatest ideas when you sit down to do devotions. Sometimes I'll just capture them real quick so that they get out of my mind because I don't want to miss miss what the Lord said. There's always distractions around us. So even this morning as I'm doing my devotions, I had no idea that our one dog had come downstairs and one of the gifts that my wife was given, uh, I guess they call them a boa. It's like a feathery thing that they wrap around there. I don't know why they call it a boa. Well, Mia, the dog, had taken it down and ended up chewing it and had it all over behind me in our living room. And I wish I could show you the picture. And my wife was so shocked that I had no idea what was going on. I was so intent that I wouldn't be distracted, that I wasn't paying attention to any of the things that were happening behind me. We need to be attentive to that time in God's word, focusing on the answer. So the one that was sown among stony ground, when the sun came out, when the pressure hit, they stumbled. The one, there was already thorns. You know, those thorns needed to be taken out well before the seed of God's word could enter that heart because of all of the distractions, the problems, it became unfruitful or the person's viewpoint, they couldn't see what would happen because of all the distractions of the world. You know, let let me uh, mention a few things. 
Where are you in these parables? Are you the one where Satan always comes immediately to steal the word? Are you the stony ground that um, you get excited easily? You know, I can relate to that. I'll get excited about something pretty easily. And then I know that it's not to be after a period of time when I lose heart. Are you the one when God's word gets sown, you're already distracted, you're already concerned, you're already overwhelmed, or you just don't want to do what it says? You know, it's an example of the rich young ruler. He did not want to give up what Jesus asked him to do, but he didn't understand what Jesus had for him. Or as we'll look next week, are you the heart that's the good ground? You're taking the time to get your heart ready to receive. You're going to remember those things that the Lord speaks to you. And I was writing this down this morning, and my prayer is it's for somebody that's even listening today um, that's distracted and not moving forward. And the example that I pulled out was in Exodus chapter 14. Let me just paint the picture really quick. Moses and the children of Israel have left Egypt. They plundered Egypt. People were giving them silver and gold just to get out. And they're coming and now they've stopped at the edge of the Red Sea. Yet there's another problem. On the very backside uh, are the Egyptians that have mounted up that are coming back to get them. So you have the Egyptians in chase. You have the people that are wondering what's going on. Are we now going to die out in the, in the desert? The Bible also records the pillar of, of cloud is kind of hanging around too. And yet Moses will listen to the Lord. And here's what the Lord would say to him. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. In fact, that word hold your peace means to be quiet, be still. Can I say to somebody today, the Lord will fight for you. Would you stand still, receive his peace? Because in that story, we hear the Lord tell Moses, go forward. And it's in those words, go forward, then we read that he takes the staff, puts it over the Red Sea, the Red Sea parts, the children of Israel come, they get on the dry land, as the Egyptians come in, the water closes, and, and we know the story. But don't allow the distractions of the Egyptians, the people, the cloud around. Know that the Lord will fight for you. Know, hold your peace, go back to the things that you've learned on, and listen to that voice to go forward. Don't be afraid that the, and to know this, that the Lord is going before you in all things. So Father, I, I pray today in just that saying, whoever is at a point of decision, and in, may, in many times in a point of decision, we become overwhelmed, we become anxious, we make knee-jerk decisions, we need to hear your voice. We need to hear that still small voice that says, go forward. And so Father, I pray in their life that they make that decision. Listen to that voice on the inside. Tune out all of the distractions to tune in to you. And Lord, I pray for anyone listening that's never made Jesus the Lord of their life, that they would pray this prayer along with us. In fact, if this is the first time and 
you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or you've been running the other way, and it's time to get back with him, pray this prayer with me. Ready? Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived. He died and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you in Jesus' name, amen. And as always, if you took time today to pray that prayer, would you reach out back to us? You can comment on one of these social media platforms or you can email us. The email is info at hillschurcharcadia.org. Let me take just a minute as uh, we receive our tithes and offerings today and let me read two verses for us and then we'll take a minute to pray uh, together. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says this, and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put a new spirit within you. I'll give you that heart of flesh. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Isn't that great in God's kingdom? The newness, new heart, right? New creation. One of the translations says you're a new creature because of that. So let's pray this prayer today uh, in our offering. And whether you're giving online or you're giving through the mail, let's pray this prayer today and allow the Lord to begin to do a, a work in our lives. Pray this with me. As I give in today's offering, I thank God that I am a new person in Christ. I have received a new heart and a new spirit. My old nature was stubborn, stingy, and selfish, but my new heart is yielding, agreeable, and generous. My new life is one of serving and obeying God and thank you, Lord, that you have made me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me also quickly mention uh, before we close out that every Wednesday we do a, a Wednesday night gathering and communion by Zoom. We would love for you to be a part. So this is a, a both a reminder. And if you're interested, just email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org. We'll get you on our email list. We'll get you the meeting information so that you can be a part. Also on our website, if you haven't or you've neglected during this time, jump back into our daily Bible reading. It is so powerful to allow everything else to be pushed aside, to tune in to what God is saying, and he is speaking in these days he is our foundation, our life, our joy. Allow his word to do that uh, in your heart. And let me end with a verse that uh, we always end with is... The P.O. Box. Oh, sorry. Thank you for my uh, backup back here. 
Um, the Hills Church, you can uh, connect with us by our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, or by if you're mailing anything in, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066, fist bump to Madison for helping me out there. All right, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord bless you. Have a great day. We're praying for you. Allow your heart to be that ground that produces some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. The Lord bless you.